God, thank you so much for today. I pray that your presence is just so thick in this place that we can't help but see you, to commune with you, to be here with you. God, I pray that you guide us, direct us, prompt us, keep our focus on you. God, I pray that everything that's said in this place today, everything that's done here will glorify you. God, thank you for your blood and thank you that it it covers over any sin. God, that it washes, it purifies, that you shed it just voluntarily for us, God. I pray that the powerful, powerful gift that you displayed for us will begin to grasp that today in a very, very real way, like we've never grasped it before. Thank you for our life. Thank you for the gift of our life. And thank you for our, our eternal life. It's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you would, is it hot in here, you guys? Yes. Anyone hot? Okay. Timothy, sir, that's your job. There you go. All right. If you would, uh, go ahead and open up your Bible to, what are we in? First, First Peter. First Peter chapter 2. And I hope no one gets offended. I'm just, I do use the Bible. Okay? For the sake of not having enough hands and, and a music stand, I, I typed up my Bible in here, so please don't get offended. I am preaching out of the Word of God. I'll leave it right here, but I will be just reading off of my notebook today. So I'm not talented enough, and I need a third hand to continue. So. First Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25 uh, is what we're going to tackle today. Uh, and, and I got to tell you, I was like, this This is very similar to last week uh, in passage. And all week long, I, I've just kind of been sitting on it and thinking on it and praying on it. And it wasn't until the last couple of days that God was really showing me what, what he had specifically for us today in, in these verses. So uh, what started out as kind of like, a, okay, God, what do you got? Has ended up into, a, man, I'm so excited for what you've got. Because I believe that, that what God has for us today um, is going to be absolutely incredible. And so, um, yeah, if you, if you would, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25 is what we're going to uh, get. Does everyone have a Bible? Does anyone need a Bible? I didn't, I didn't put any out. No? Okay. Um, let me just read it, and, and then we'll jump right into it. So here it is. Slaves, submit yourself to your masters with all respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of injustice suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and enduring it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judged justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
This is such a huge passage. This is a lot of verses found right here. And it starts out with those really two good words, slaves submit. <laughs> so, man, I'm like, wow, here we go. This is going to be a great message here, but I want to, again, give us give us a little context. And it's a similar context because um, it's First Peter, and I want to put us back in that place just so we're back in, in mind as to what was written and who he was writing to and, and why. Uh, the context is Peter, he's writing it to people just like us. In fact, three years after he wrote First Peter and Second Peter, he is he's murdered by uh, Nero, who is an unstable Roman emperor at that time, who ruled from 54 to 68 A.D. And he was very uh, unstable, Nero was. And as we talked about last week, some of the things uh, Nero would do to Christians is he would rip their skin off and then put them in boiling water. Unstable. Okay, he, he would um, dip Christians in oil, put them on a stake in his garden, and set them on fire at night so they would light up his garden. Uh, unstable. And then he he also w- was recorded as as taking dead animal carcasses and sowing them to live human Christians and throwing them in a pit of wild animals. Very unstable. And Peter is writing because this is Nero. This is the ruler of that time. And Peter is writing to. Christians and what is he saying? Submit. And as we looked last week, we looked at government specifically in the verses up leading up to this, 13 through 17, and Peter was telling Christians, submit. Does that make sense to submit to a Roman emperor that's doing this? It does not make sense. And we got to see how God works through that. And he calls us and he says, I've put people in place to rule over you. And the government that you have right now, I've put in place. And so as Christians, our challenge last week as we left, regardless of what you think about our government and where it's at right now, regardless of that, our number one job is to pray for our leaders of our country. Because as Christians, God said to submit to honor, to respect, to love. And Jesus has given us so many examples of this. So Peter is written to a people in a society that's increasingly against God, which I would say America is a society that is increasingly going against God and the Bible. So we can absolutely relate to this because we are coming up into a country where whether we agree or not, God is asking us whether we have the most godly leaders in place or people that are Nero's, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to submit to their authority. Well, that's what we covered last week. Today, I want to cover these verses right here. And if you're going to take notes, I'm going to title this. This is a pretty easy title, okay? This is the title for today's message. Can I punch my boss in the face? <laughs> I love it, man. Okay? That's the title for today. Yes, you have all right to punch your boss in your face. Let's pray. Can I push my boss in the face? Yes, you have all right to. How many of you have seen Christmas Vacation? 
Okay? Right, what happens? And Clark, I think is his name, he's waiting for a big, like, bonus. You know, he's going to put in that pool. He's so excited. The check comes in the mail, right? He's so excited. He opens it up, and he gets a gym membership. It's like, are you kidding me? So what's he do? He goes and he steals, kidnaps the boss. And yes, you have all right to kidnap your boss, okay? You have all right, but is that what we need to do? Before we get the gloves on and charge into the CEO's office, I want to look at a couple verses today, okay? Uh, I want to go backwards a little bit, because that's just what we do, put this whole thing in context. I want to go to verse 9. So back up in your Bibles and go to verse 9. This is what verse 9 says. Um, You are chosen. Do you know that? You, You are chosen. God has looked through all of time, and he said, Sarah, I love you. Um, you are a chosen people, and let's read verse 9. But you are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a, a, hood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into a wonderful light. And I want you to take your pen, and if it's all not already underlined or highlighted, highlight this, that you may declare the praises of Him. Why are you a chosen people? Why are you set apart? Why are you on this earth? that you may declare the praises of Him. That's verse 9. Let's look at verse 11, because I'm setting this whole thing up, why we can punch our boss in the face, okay? (laughs) Verse 11 is this. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. And the things that stand out in verse 11 are we're aliens and we're strangers in this world. And we're supposed to abstain from sinful desires that war against our soul. This passage that we just read in 1 Peter, this was written, in, and the first couple words in it is submit, slaves, and, and, and this is put in the context of that time, is really not what we were thinking as slaves in current 2012. It was more in the context of, you know what, these are professionals, these are managers of estates, these are physicians, these are teachers, these are tutors, this is more common in this time, and it's written, this passage, to illustrate how Christians should receive respond to all people. It's not saying that you're a slave because you're there because you don't have a choice. It's written for us today so we can look at it and say, Jesus has come, like we showed last week, not to be served, but to serve. And in light of context, when we look at this, we go, God is saying that he wants us to respond, respect, and to serve all people. I I look at my life. And I'm not sure about you, but I'm a pretty proudful man. Uh, I'm just, I'm very, yep, absolutely. But I'm good looking and strong, so I have reason to be. Uh, but I'm a pretty, you're going to help me with the strong part, okay? Uh, good looking, I don't, I'm, I'm beyond help on that one. But I'm a pretty proud man, and, I, and I'll go on a limb and say most of us are, are pretty proud. Like when that person cuts us off in traffic, how do you feel? <laughs> You want to call him number one? Is that, I mean, how do you feel? It's like when that, when that, yeah, you won't punch him in the face. You're like, get the boss, punch that guy in the face or teenage girl or whoever, you know. Punch him in the face. I almost got sidetracked here. Um, what, what about this? When a coworker, I mean, you've worked so hard on a project, so incredibly hard on a project, and a coworker takes the credit for it. 
How about that? Um, there's so many situations that we can conjure up and give up. Or how about this? When the boss gives you all just the, the crappy jobs and goes golfing, okay? But he takes credit for it. There's so many scenarios that we can paint in life where, where it's like, are you kidding me? I, I want to punch my boss in the face. I, I want to... You know, ram that teenager off the road. Like, uh, you know, I'm a very proud man. And pride is one thing that will take me down. I, I promise you this. I remember um, a really big learning lesson for me. It was down in Texas. I was a, a youth pastor down there. And so we're at a larger church, and, and we, we had some money to spend on missions. And so I went out, and I found this, this elderly lady that was so sweet. She was so sweet. And she lived in a mobile home. And her mobile home had a wheelchair going up to it because she was in a wheelchair. And um, it, was, it was like a four-wheel drive track. I mean, I thought about taking my bike up it and jumping, but not fit for a wheelchair. So our mission, we took students down there and we tore down this, this wheelchair ramp. And, and we spent about three days building this incredibly sturdy wheelchair ramp to get her to her house. And I remember the first day was great. You know, we go there and we start tearing it down and... And I noticed by the end of the day, there were a couple guys on the property that, that you know, were a few, a few years older than myself that were just kind of sitting there and just kind of watching and looking around. And, you know, the second day, I finally went up and introduced my, myself to them uh, to come to find out that uh, that's, like, her two sons that are completely capable of building a wheelchair ramp. And they're watching me, and they're watching a bunch of 13-year-old girls and 14-year-old boys in our youth group build this wheelchair ramp and these are these are, are are healthy men that could be helping and it's taking a long time and I'm struggling and for the next two days these two men watch me build their mom a wheelchair ramp and I was can, can I say pissed or is that not allowed? Feel free. I was upset. I was highly irritated. And and I was highly irritated because I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come help. We're helping your mom. And I could use the help. These 13-year-old girls don't know how to do the hammer. But maybe they do better than you. I don't know. I mean, I just, I just started getting so irate. And, and this was a big learning lesson for me. I've had a lot of these pride checks in my life. If it's too cold, Timothy, you can flip that off. Your dad looks cold here. Um, I've had a lot of these pride checks in my life. And I remember leaving there, and, and I had to spend some time with God, because what I started out doing for all of us was a beautiful, wonderful thing of serving this lady. It turned up into me just being angry and highly upset, and this beautiful thing was turned into a disgusting thing, simply because my pride, simply because of my perspective on that. Had my perspective been what, what God is telling us to do right here, we're here to serve and we're here to love. We should be servants to every single man that's alive. You know that? Regardless of whether you think they deserve it or they're running you over or you don't deserve it or what, regardless of that, that's what God is calling us to do. And it goes against my human nature. It goes against our human nature. Very few times in life we get the opportunity for our faith to be on display. Think about this. Very few times in life, we really get the opportunity for our faith to be on display. But man, what an awesome opportunity we have when all of us as humans are working at a job and something comes up and everyone knows that we have been offended or, or we have been wronged and they're watching us to see how we will respond, but we get an opportunity to put our faith on display. Do we jump up and lash back at that wrong that came against us? Do we do that? 
Or do we get to submit? And do we get to take the lower road, or the higher road, I guess? Do we get to take the higher road and do what God is asking us to do? See, we're all humans, but us as Christians, we're not human anymore. We've died to our old self. But yet when these situations come up, I'm tempted all the time to fall right back into that lashing, to that face punching, to that I'm number one and I'm watching out for me. I fall into that often. Proverbs, this verse kind of goes along with it as I was writing it. It kept coming to mind, so I thought maybe this is for somebody in here. I'm going to mention it. Proverbs 15.1 says this, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I'm going to read that again because it's such a beautiful verse and I need it all the time. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So let's go back to our verses here, verse 18. Slaves, submit yourself to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. Yes, we have a right to punch our boss in the face. Yes, we have a right to run that teenager off the road. We have all right to do that. As Christians, we also have the honor to express and live out our freedom that God has given us and choose to not punch our boss in the face. That's an honor and that's a freedom that we get to choose. And in reality, this is what it is. We get to break the bondage of evil in the, in the power of the Lord. Because in that moment, in those moments when our rage is going up, we get to break that bondage because of the power of the Lord. And we get to choose to love and to um, submit and to serve. So here's four things that I want us to kind of ask and, and go through, okay? How do I glorify God in my relationship to suffering? Because that's what this whole context is about. How do I glorify God in my relationship to suffering? Or when injustice is done to us? Or, or when we feel cheated or, or, or unfair? Okay, so how do we do this? Number one, be submissive. Look at verse 18. Be submissive servants and treat our masters with respect. Okay? Verse 18 says this. Sir, of slaves, submit. Be submissive. Yourselves to your masters with all what? Respect. Not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those that are harsh. And I would almost add to this without getting struck down by lightning. More so, you should do it to those that are harsh. Submit and love. Okay, so number one is be submissive servants and treat our masters with respect. Number two is bear up under the pain. Look at number 19. Bear up under the pain. Verse 19 says this, For it is commendable if a man, what? Bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. As Christians, we're able to bear up under the pain. Even when people are doing us wrong, even we want to punch people in the face. Why? Because we're conscious of God. We realize what God's asking us to be and to do and to serve and to love. We're conscious of God. See, me and my flesh, when the pain comes, I'm lashing, I'm punching, I'm fighting, I'm biting. But God says, man, be conscious of me. You'll be able to bear up under the pain. So number one is be submissive servants and treat our master with respect. Number two is to bear up under the pain. Number three is in verse 20, do good, endure suffering, and smile before God. 
do good, endure suffering, and smile before God. Look at verse 20. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. You're going to be tempted every single day. I'm tempted every single day to do wrong. I am. And I fully expect that when I do wrong, I will be, what? Punished. If I'm driving 75 and a 45, I fully expect a ticket to come my way. Okay? That's what I get. But if I'm driving 45 and a 55, I don't expect to get a ticket. And what God is saying here in this is do good. Do right. And when you get punished for doing good and doing right, smile. Because God is there saying, that's what I, I put you on earth for. Even though you've, you've been wronged by doing this good, it's okay. It's okay. Because you're aliens and strangers, and you're here to, to show my love to people in this world. So smile when someone slaps you in the face for doing good. That doesn't give us permission to go and start doing wrong. We need to keep doing good all the time. <laughs> like that's a goal, right? <laughs> no, it's not really, but... Anyways, well, I'll get off that subject. Uh, number one, be submissive servants and treat our masters with respect. Number two, bear up under the pain. Number three, do good, endure suffering, and smile before God. And the last one is this. Number four, do not return evil for evil. Entrust yourself to Him. In verse 23, get your highlighter out. Because verse 23 is the bomb verse. I love verse 23. This is what it says. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When was the last time you did not retaliate when someone hurled insults at you? Said something bad about you, hurt your feelings, whatever, whatever. I love to retaliate. But Jesus did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Is that like us? Instead, here's your highlighter. He entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Did you catch that? He entrusted himself to him. Man, it's so easy for me to try to retaliate, to get even, to jump back, to lash out, to punch my boss in the face. It's so easy for me. It's like my human nature to do this. But what is God showing us here? Instead, we need to entrust ourselves to God. God knows what He's doing. God loves us. He's watching out for us. How many of us in this room would love for God to bless us and use us and let His name be known uh, in our life? Just raise your hand. Okay? Yeah. How many of you would like to get a million dollars and be able to feed all the homeless people in the world and say, God gave me this. Thank you, God. Raise your hand. Okay? Awesome. How many of you would love to get punched in the face, slapped in the face, spit upon, and then you get to say, I love God. It's because His glory I can do this. <laughs> Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? And God's saying, I've put you here. To love, to serve, to show my love. 
And when you're wrong, what do you do, people? In verse 23, what do we do? What do I do? We've got to entrust ourselves to Him. Whether we think it's fair or not, it's not about us. It's not our story. It's Jesus' story and how He will be glorified in our life. Jesus gave, a, gave us a shining example of this in Mark 14, 65. It's the climax of the Passion movie, if you've ever seen it. Mark 14, 65. Jesus is on the cross. Then some people began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fists, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. See, Jesus is getting beat, spat on, kicked, punched, cursed at, and he's got all the power in the world to say, all right, enough's enough. Boom, bow before me. He's got all power and right to do that. He's the creator of everything. And does he? No. What does he do? Submits himself to God. And knows that God knows better. If Jesus can do that on the cross, I promise you, none of us have been in a harder situation than that. I promise you. And so we can continue to entrust ourselves to Jesus Christ. So in short, yes, you have the right to punch your boss in the face. You have all the right in the world to do so. But by not doing it, you bring praise to God. And you display your faith in Him. Oftentimes, I think that's when we get to shine the biggest in the workplace. Is when we're wrong and we respond in a way that confuses everyone that sees us. Because we've got a new nature. Let Jesus Christ alive in us. Uh, church project. One of the things we say is we want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. That's a pretty bold statement. That's a pretty big statement. And Darian talked about it a lot a couple weeks ago. And it was beautiful. Well, I want us to think about this. In light of what we just read this morning. What does this mean for us here in Greeley? If we want to change the way that people are going to see Christ, Christians, and church, wherever we go from this place, we're lights of Him. And when we're wrong, when we're wrong, when people insult us, if we lash out and get revenge, we are not changing the way people see Christ, Christians, and church, are we? And I fail at this every day, by the way. And that's okay. God says, I love you. Still, I've always loved you. You're chosen, and I will always love you. It's okay if you messed up. But my goal as a child of God, as I walk out this door, even in this house, is that when I'm wrong, I serve and I love. Because I know that brings more glory, more respect, more honor. It draws people to God more than me going and punching my boss in the face. So how do we do this in Greeley? Matthew and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. We want to start something just called Salt Project. Salt Project is a way where we get to go around and we get to go to homeless shelters. We get to go feed people that are hungry. We get to be light and salt in Greeley. And we get to start doing stuff that people say, there's Jesus Christ right there. And we're not doing it for our glory, but we're doing it so people will see the love of Christ. I believe God has brought us here to Greeley, not to be a church. He's brought us here that His name will be known. 
Okay, I could care less about the name of Church Project. It's a cool name. Project Salt was a little cooler, though. But <laughs> Church Project, I could care less about that name, and you better care less about that name. The name we care about is the name of Jesus Christ. And us being alive and greedy and walking and talking, love, grace, honor, as we submit to people that slap us in the face, as we serve people at the homeless kitchen, whatever our path gets to do while we're in Greeley, we're going to do it with love. And we're going to respect people here. There's a lot of churches that I've been a part of, that I know of, that do things for their name. We will not be a church that does things for our name, but we will be a church that does things for the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can say amen to that. We've gathered and we've organized this last year. We really have. I mean, if you've been coming to what we call Project Salt from the beginning, you, you've seen a lot of changes. And, and I believe this. You know, as Darian talked just a minute ago, I believe this last year was about us gathering, about us organizing, about us starting something that's just kind of really cool, just kind of fun, and really awkward at times. Honestly. I mean, it's just been that. And as we look forward, I get incredibly excited, especially now we're at this window of, it looks like God's putting us in a building. Well, it's going to take all of us to do that. But I'm excited as we look forward for what that means for our lives, for the life of, of, of Church Project, for the life of Greeley. But I'm more excited for what that means for the name of Jesus Christ in this place. God's been working in my heart a whole lot, um, probably the last month, more than he has in a very specific area. And it's this. I, I've actually asked people, um, multiple people this week alone, that just random strangers, hey, you want to go to church? Strange, huh? Strange. And I know I'm okay asking them that because I'm not concerned about the numbers of people we have here. I'm not. Because I've sent people to my, my good friend um, Darren Glaghorn, who's the, the pastor of the Cowboy Church, okay? Because that person just looked more cowboy than, than, than I know what to do with, okay? But it's the church at large. But I know that God has asked me to do this because we've got an incredible message and how dare me walk into that into the locker room at, at the rec center and be in this really awkward situation with another guy and me not ask him, do you want to go to church? Because that may be the, the only time that anyone ever has asked that person that. And it's not even about church, but you know what I'm getting at there. Do you know God? Like, really? How's your life? Are you in love or are you full of hate and pain? And I see hate and pain everywhere that I go in Greeley. And we get to walk into that hate and pain and punch it in the face. There's where our punches go. Not to our bosses, but they go to Satan himself. To the hate and the pain and the lies and the deception. So if you want to punch, punch there. Pray for the people that do us wrong. Submit. I want to read through these verses one more time. Underline the parts that jump out. Maybe reflect on these a little bit because uh, God, is, man, he's, he's not done speaking to you with this. You're going to go home and you're going to read this more. 
more is going to jump off. Let's read, read this. Verse 18. <clears throat> Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect. Not only for those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if a man bears up under pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit? If you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it, but if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in His steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in His mouth. When they, in, they hurled insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When He suffered, He made no threats. Instead, He entrusted Himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in this body on a tree so that we might die of sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. His name is powerful. What he's done for us we cannot fathom. And so I want to sing this nothing but the blood song again. And I want us to think about what Christ has done for us and how He's given us an example to love, to submit, to respect.